0: Hear God's word this morning. Luke chapter 2 verses 8 through 20. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, fear not. And on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. And when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would come this morning. Fill our hearts with joy because of the news we have received from you in Jesus' name we pray, amen. I placed $200 worth of gift cards on the counter there at Publix several weeks ago. The cashier smiled at me and said, so are you buying Christmas presents? I said, oh yes, it's the most wonderful time of the year. It's the time when I get to spend money I really don't have on people I barely even know. And I get to buy them something they're probably not even going to appreciate. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Well, the cashier kind of nervously chuckled at me and wished me a Merry Christmas. It just came out of me. Just that Scrooge heart of mine just came out of me. Well, the next payday, I went back to Publix. Same cashier, this time about $100 worth of gift cards. I placed them on the counter. But this time, my heart was different. I'd listened to enough Christmas music throughout the week. We were beginning to get to the end of our Christmas list, and I was actually looking forward to Christmas. The cashier looked at me and said, shook his head, he said, Why are you doing it, man? Why are you doing it? You know they're not going to appreciate it. I said, but it's my family. These are people that I know. I'm looking forward to giving them these gifts. He goes, as he scanned each gift card, he shook his head and said, You're just wasting your money, man. You're just wasting your money. What is your attitude towards Christmas this year? Are you filled with joy? Are you filled with excitement? Are you looking forward to it? Or are you grieving this year? Maybe missing a loved one. Or maybe you're just a little Scrooge this year because things are a little bit tighter this year than they normally would be. What's your attitude towards Christmas this year? The reason I ask that question of you is because this passage this week challenged my heart. I was forced to compare and contrast my attitude towards Christmas with the attitude of this text this morning. What is the attitude of this passage towards Christmas? It's joy, it's great joy. But notice that this passage isn't focusing in on gift cards or presents around a Christmas tree. Rather, this passage is focused upon Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. And so, I don't know where your heart is this morning in relationship to Christmas. I don't know where your heart is in relationship to Jesus this morning. But what I hope and pray is that this breaking news about Jesus will fill your heart with joy this day. How so? I believe there are three surprises this passage gives us this morning. There are three surprises in this text that can fill our hearts with surprising joy as we approach the Christ of Christmas. What's the first surprise we see this morning in this text? The first surprise we encounter is the announcement. The announcement itself in verses 10 through 14. We have shepherds living out in the field, out in the open air, and the angel of the Lord appears to them and makes them shiver in fear. But in verse 10, notice what the angel begins to announce. He says, Fear not. It's an imperative. It's a command. Don't be afraid. Notice he's encountered by, the shepherds are encountered by an angelic being that they know is not of this world. And they're filled with fear. And yet the angel announces to them, don't be afraid. Commands them, don't be afraid. Why? Because he has a surprising announcement to share with them that is filled with joy. What's the announcement? For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Verse 11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. What is so joyful about this announcement? It's this. For centuries. For at least a thousand years. God's people has been waiting for a Messiah to come. They have been waiting for the Davidic king to come who's greater than David, who would rescue God's people from slavery and bondage. And What's so surprising about this announcement is this. The shepherds hear that today... This very night, the Messiah has arrived. It's such breaking news that he's a baby boy infant over in Bethlehem. He is the long-awaited Messiah, and he is your Savior. He's the one who will rescue not from slavery and bondage to Egypt... Or slavery and bondage to the Roman Empire. But he is the one who will save you from Satan's powerful grip on your life. And if that wasn't shocking enough of an announcement. To fill their hearts with joy. He says, and this baby boy is Christ the Lord. These simple shepherds knew exactly what that announcement meant, that this baby boy was God himself. This baby boy was God's solution to man's predicament. What is our predicament? We're sinners that need reconciled to a holy God. We are rebels against a just God, and we deserve his just condemnation and damnation for our rebellion against him. And the angel announces with joy, God has provided for you this very evening the solution to your sinful predicament. like many of you, I've been following reports about COVID cases in our county, COVID cases in our state. But as many of you have been following the news about the vaccinations that are rolling out, um, even as we speak, uh, some of you have even uh, been part of the test trials of the Pfizer vaccine. So we we read the news of the FDA approving the Pfizer vaccine, and I received uh, was reading a, an article this week about Moderna's vaccine being approved as well, and soon will be will be rolled out. And so, this whole year, we have been just constantly bombarded by the COVID nineteen and concerns, and and tweaks to our lives, and tweaks to our schedules, and tweaks to to schoolwork and tweaks at work and tweaks at shopping and tweaks in worship and discipleship. We've all been affected by COVID this year. And we've all been waiting with bated breath that there would be a vaccination that would roll out, that would be a solution to this pandemic. Friends, I want you to know there's a far greater pandemic that is far more deadly than COVID-19. And that pandemic is the pandemic of sin. And there's only one solution to this pandemic of sin. And that solution is not found in a vaccination. That solution is found in the incarnation of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so friends, the reason why our hearts should be filled with joy this morning is that God has provided a solution for the pandemic of sin. And so our hearts should be filled with great joy. Joy. Because those of us that are gathered in this sanctuary this morning, we know what the solution is. It's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ alone. So friends, we gather here this morning during this Christmas season to be reminded of the surprising announcement that the angels declared. That Christ has come. The Messiah has come. He is God in the flesh. And he is God's solution for our predicament, our pandemic of sin. So, friends, that's why your heart should come to Christmas filled with joy. is because of this announcement. But the second surprise this passage presents to us, is not only the announcement itself, but the audience to which it was given. Notice the surprising audience to which this announcement was given. Now, if you knew that someone was of royalty and had been born, where do you think that announcement would first be shared? It would first be shared in the royal court. We would expect that Luke's announcement of the Messiah coming would be announced somewhere in Herod's court or somewhere in Caesar's palace. But it isn't. To which audience does this announcement come? We see it in verse 8. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. Why is this a surprising audience to receive the news about Jesus? For this reason. Since shepherds traveled, They had a very low reputation. They were viewed very suspiciously, almost like gypsies because they were traveling folks. You couldn't trust them. They weren't always nailed down in one place and space. And so it's surprising that this announcement of the Messiah's birth would be given to the shepherds because they were such social outcasts in that day and age. Even if they were Jewish shepherds, which I believe they were based on the text and their their readiness to receive the news of the gospel announcement, they were viewed as ceremonially unclean because of their proximity to the sheep. Because of their proximity to death and rotting carcasses, you might say. And yet there's a beautiful connection for why the shepherds are the perfect audience to receive this news. Do you know why? The Messiah was to come from David's line. And do you know what David, King David did before he was king? He was a shepherd. And in all likelihood, these shepherds that received this announcement about Christ were in all likelihood in the same fields watching over their sheep that King David at one time also tended his sheep in those same fields. It's only fitting that this announcement would come to this audience of shepherds in 2007 there was a famous violinist by the name of Bell that went to a subway in Washington DC what was so surprising about this performance was that the, the previous night Joshua Bell had booked out an entire hall where everyone that came to that hall to hear him play the violin, had paid at least a $100 per seat to hear him perform. Joshua took his $3.5 million violin to the subway in D.C. and began playing the most intricate piece that he had played the previous night. Do you know what happened? In the course of the time that Joshua Bell was there, one of the most famous violinists alive at that time, playing a $3.5 million violin, a very intricate piece, had 1,100 people pass him by. And only seven people out of 1,100 stopped for any length of time to listen to him play. And as he had his violin case... Propped open at his feet, he only collected $52.17 that day while he played. What happened? That audience had no idea who was in their presence. that audience was not prepared to receive him. Friends, do you know who we have in our presence? We have the Lord Jesus himself even this day. Are you ready to receive him? Or are you like those individuals in the subway that day that just simply walked past Joshua Bell, ignoring him? Are you apathetic to the noise of Christmas? I used to complain somewhat when I was growing up, and my dad used to do this to me. I don't know how many of you have had your parents do this to you. Anybody ever done this? You know what this is? The smallest violin in the world playing the same old tune. And My concern for Christians and my concern for this church at Christmas is this. As we come to Christmas, as we come to Advent, as we come to Luke 2, that we would look at this passage just like this. The smallest violin in the world playing the same old tune. And that the the news of Christmas and Jesus coming would be like white noise, background noise. In the midst of our holiday celebrations. So my prayer for you and my prayer for me this day is that we would be an audience ready to receive Jesus. Because as he's come one time, he's coming again. That word advent means coming. We look backwards to Christ's first coming, but we look backwards to his first coming with excitement that he's coming again. And the question is, if he came tonight, would you be ready? The shepherds received the news gladly and immediately. And they says in verse 15, they kept on chatting to one another. The shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened. So some of you might be wrestling with the story of Christmas because you wonder if it's just fiction. All this miraculous talk about a virgin conceiving by the Holy Ghost, by the power of the Holy Ghost, and and God in the flesh, I struggle to see how this could be true. How can this be historical? That brings us to the last surprise this passage brings us this morning, which is a surprising affirmation. A surprising affirmation that of what has been communicated to the shepherds by the angels is true. What is that source of affirmation where they were given it in verse 12? And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. So that was the sign. That was the clue that the shepherds were given. In other words, go over to Bethlehem. You're going to find a newborn baby boy wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. What is a manger? It was, it was a feeding trough. So imagine that no other baby that night in Bethlehem was lying in a feeding trough full of hay. And what happens, verse 16, and so they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. A surprising affirmation that the announcement the angels have declared is true. Why is it a surprising affirmation? Because you wouldn't picture a king to be placed in a feeding trough. I mean, think about how we respond today when there's news about a couple in the church going to have a baby. They go to Babies are Us. They go to Target Online. They go to all these places and they they have these amazing contractions. I mean, think about the strollers you see today. They're like four-wheel drive strollers. They're nicer than my Honda Civic. I drive down Wilson Avenue. I see mothers pushing their babies in strollers. And I'm thinking, if we ever had a snowstorm, I couldn't make it home. But that woman could make it home with that baby. That stroller's got wheels and tires on it, bigger than the ones on my car. Those are precious babies, and we celebrate the gift of life they are. But none of them are the Messiah. So it's a very surprising affirmation that we would find the Messiah over in Bethlehem, lying in a feeding trough. A place where animals go to feed. Yet it's appropriate, isn't it? Because one day, our Lord Jesus would be treated worse than an animal, and he would be left for dead on a cross until he was placed in a tomb. Why should that fill our hearts with joy today? Because there's proof that Jesus is who he says he is. One of the things I'm a little bit bitter about COVID right now is this I haven't been able to go to the hospital to see the newborn babies in our church. That's kind of one of the great perks of being a pastor that so normally you get to flash the preacher's card and they let you in when other people normally. And so I've been a little bit bitter about that this year. And it's always fun. I enjoy seeing the nurses come in and match the bracelets that the, the mommy has with the bracelets that's on the baby. You know, they're they're affirming that this baby belongs to this mommy. I get a kick out of seeing them kind of Take the, looks like the price gun at Publix or at Target or Walmart. And they scan the bracelet on the mommy and they scan the bracelet on the baby. Every time any medication is administered, any food is given. But long before that system was developed, our Heavenly Father devised a plan that would be a source of affirmation. That Jesus is who he says he is. One way he had prophecies that were fulfilled. And then God the Father had Luke come as an investigative journalist. And gathered eyewitness accounts about the birth of Jesus. So that we might have affirmation that this baby boy truly is. The Messiah. It's very likely that in Luke chapter 1 and Luke chapter 2 what we have right here is the account of Mary herself as she was interviewed by Luke as he was gathering information to write the gospel. So friends, celebrate Christmas this year with assurance of joy that the Jesus we worship is truly who he says he is. He's God in the flesh. And he's come to rescue us from Satan's power. May this breaking news of Jesus bring tidings of comfort enjoy to you this christmas let's pray heavenly father help us to rest in you this christmas let nothing bring us dismay but help us to remember that christ our savior was born on christmas day To save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. Help us to remember, O God, our Heavenly Father, the blessed angel that came. And unto certain shepherds brought tidings of the same. How that in Bethlehem was born the Son of God by name. Fill our hearts with comfort and joy this Christmas. Help us to receive the gospel with joy. And may your Holy Spirit break this breaking news into our hearts. That we might experience the hope, the love, the peace, and the joy that Christ offers us this day and forevermore. It's in Jesus' name we pray and all of God's people agreed saying, Amen.